Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, November 3rd, 2023. So they are coming at Donald Trump hard. They know they can't beat him. All the polls, even their polls are coming out that say that Trump is going to win next November. So they can't beat Trump at the polls. So what they are trying to use is the mechanisms of the deep state, the Democratic Party, to ensure that Trump can't run, to take away your right to vote for who you want to, which is Democratic. All these left-wing nuts, all of those in the media telling everybody, oh, Trump's not democracy. A vote for Trump is against democracy. And I still don't understand that. Democracy is when you let people vote, but they don't want that. They, don't, they want to be able to pick and choose. So as we speak right now, there's a court case in Colorado where the Democrats are trying to throw Donald Trump off the Colorado ballot. And these are all state courts. These are all courts that are run by Democrats. Colorado is run by extremely liberal judges. They have the power within that state. And what they're trying to do is throw Trump off the ballot in Colorado. He's an insurrectionist. Insurrectionists can't run for president. So we got this case in Colorado, which is being presided over by an extremely liberal judge. Shocking, huh? And then there's also a case in Minnesota where they're trying to throw Trump off the Minnesota ballot. There's a case before the state Supreme Court in Minnesota. Not the federal Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court. And they're trying to toss Trump off the ballot there. And there's several other states that are looking into it. Michigan, possibly Arizona. They know they can't beat Trump. So they're using their mechanisms of power in order to take away your right to vote for Trump. To make sure that he's not on the ballots. And here's what I want to do. I want to warn everybody that initially Trump is going to lose these cases. So expect a headline that says... Colorado judge says that Trump can't be put on the Colorado ballot for president. And expect something similar from the Minnesota State Supreme Court. So expect that. But this is then going to meander through the court system and ultimately wind up in the Supreme Court, federal Supreme Court. And they've already given indications, hey, this isn't going to fly. But all this is, is just to try to kneecap Trump, hinder his campaign politically, make him fight it out and expend money defending himself. And don't forget, this is above and beyond the four indictments, as well as this bogus case in New York where this crazy judge wants to take away Trump's business from him. And this is what happens when you've got a number of corrupt judges throughout this country. State judges. Doesn't have to necessarily be federal judges. Got plenty of those corrupt judges. But these are state judges. And they're trying to hit Trump from all angles. But he's a tough guy. He's fighting back. He knows he's going to win in the end. We know he's going to win in the end. But you just have to understand. Be prepared for Trump initially losing some of these cases, Colorado, Minnesota. Again, be prepared for it. And all it is is talking points for the media. All it is is an attempt to try to discourage you. And this is going to continue because they thought once the indictments came out 
several months ago, people were going to jump ship on Trump. It's not happening. He's gone up in the polls. He continues to go up in the polls. And all the polls, their polls are telling us that Trump's going to win in 2024. And they can't have it. And every time you hear the media, Democrats saying, ah, Trump's an authoritarian. He's anti-democratic. It's all BS. They're the ones that are anti-democratic. They're the ones that want to take your right to vote for Donald Trump away in 2024. So just remember, this is going to meander through the courts. Be prepared. You're going to see some headlines coming up and saying, uh, Trump can't run here. Trump can't run there. That will be appealed. The states are going to try to slow walk the process in order to get as much mileage as, as they can out of this, political mileage. Give the mass media something to talk about again about Trump. But again, we see through this. The American people see through this. That's why Trump is up in the polls. Their polls, remember. Now, internal polls by the Trump administration have, have him up a lot, particularly in these swing states. So don't fret. This is part of their game plan. Ultimately, these cases are going to wind up in the federal Supreme Court and Trump will win them. You know, this coincides, this tactic that they're doing coincides with uh, the media, the Democrats attacking Clarence Thomas. Because they're trying to push him and pressure him to get off the Supreme Court. It's not going to happen. But that's what they're trying to do. Once these cases hit the Supreme Court, you're going to see the media, the Democrats out there saying, all those Supreme Court members that were appointed by Trump, they can't vote for this. They have to recuse themselves because Trump appointed them. It's a conflict of interest. And Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Comey Barrett, they're not going to recuse themselves on this. And what you're going to have at that time is the media, the Democrats saying, oh, this is a corrupt system. They're all corrupt. And that's their spin. It's all about politics with them. It's not about the truth. And they're desperate. So again, be prepared for this. So Mike Johnson had a nice victory yesterday. He was able to secure a separate bill for funding Israel in its war with Hamas. I think it was $14.3 billion. And it was bipartisan. There were a dozen Democrats that voted along with the Republicans on this. And Johnson's smart. What he did is he said, we're going to fund this, but we're reducing expenditures in order to pay for it. Now, the way it's always been done over the past several years, people would just borrow for it. But no more, according to Johnson. Any of these new supplemental bills, any of this new supplemental spending, we want cuts somewhere else in order to pay for it. And remember, initially, the president and Mitch McConnell wanted to do some huge lump sum war bill that lumped together $61 billion for Ukraine, 14.3 for Israel, money for the border. But Johnson said, no. We're voting for Israel separately. We'll consider voting for Ukraine separately. But Mitch McConnell comes back and he says, well, this is against the will of the Senate and the will of the president. 
and this is bipartisan, this decision to lump all of this uh, spending together in one massive war package. Well, what McConnell doesn't realize is that Johnson's Israel package that passed last night was bipartisan. Now, remember, before I forget, this Israel funding bill has to also go through the Senate. They have to pass it. But I digress. So some of the Democrats, some of the uh, media saying that, oh, the CBO scored this and said it was going to reduce revenues by $26 billion. And their rationale is because Johnson wants to take the funding from the IRS. And they think, well, they won't be able to audit people. They won't be able to collect taxes. And these CBO scores are just so flawed. First of all, it's over a 10-year time period. And there's no one in the government that has the ability to forecast anything 10 years out. And even if they were correct, do you think these new hires from the IRS will be able to bring $2.6 billion a year in extra revenue from audits? They would be going after mom and pop, the middle class, auditing them just to justify their existence. And you know how well the IRS is politicized? They're going to be auditing you and me. So the $26 billion in revenue that the CBO says they're going to bring, it, it don't believe it. It's all made-up figures. It's all these crazy assumptions. So now the ball is in the Senate's court. Let's see what Mitch McConnell does and Chuck Schumer. But one thing I wanted to talk about also, there's a lot of talk out there about funding the border. We want more money for the border. And people on both sides of the aisle are talking about it. But the point I want to make is why should we give more funding for the border when we know that the Biden administration is just going to keep borders open? So it's not the extra money that you want to give the Biden administration for the border. You want to change their policy. You want legislation that says that you are going to change your policy. You are going to pursue policies that close the border. Because like I said before, we can give them a trillion dollars, but the Biden is going to keep the border open no matter how much we give them. So Congress has to craft legislation that is going to change the policy, to close the border. Because quite frankly, it'll be wasted money if we just hand over money to the Biden administration for the border, just for the sake of saying, oh, we gave more money for the border. Well, that's not going to fly. You have to change their policy. You have to change the way they conduct business. That's going to be effective legislation. And that's the legislation we should expect from the people in Washington right now. So we shall see. So the House Oversight Committee found another check from James Biden to Joe Biden for a loan repayment. In my last episode, I spoke about a $200,000 check from James to Joe, and it referenced loan repayment. Well, they found another one, $40,000. And this was from James to Joe. But here's the interesting thing. The Oversight Committee was really good at tracking how this money got into Joe's hands. And 
let me go over the timeline here. Let's go back to the famous What's Up text that Hunter Biden sent to a business associate of CEFC, which is a Chinese energy company. And in that text, he said, essentially, I'm sitting here next to my father, and I want to know where our money is. And if we don't get it, we have the potential to do some really nasty stuff. So several days later, CEFC wires $5 million into a company called Hudson West 3, which was owned by Hunter Biden and a Chinese national. And then out of that $5 million, $400,000 was wired into a company called Owasco, which was owned by Hunter Biden. And then out of that $400,000, Owasco wired $150,000 to a company called Lionhall Group. And that was owned by James Biden and Sarah Biden. And then soon after, Sarah Biden withdraws $50,000 in cash and puts it into a personal account of James and Sarah Biden. And then soon after, Sarah cuts a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. Now, the interesting thing is that is that the $40,000 is exactly 10% of the $400,000 that was wired from Hudson West 3 to Owasco. And this is a clear-cut example of money laundering. This is how cheats do it. This is how mobsters do it. And the really interesting thing is that remember, oh, I know nothing about my son's business. I know nothing about my family's business. Hunter never do, did business with China. Well, here's the interesting thing about this transaction. Hunter Biden started his relationship with CEFC, that Chinese energy company, while Joe was still vice president. This is damning. And the funny thing is they, they have enough now to start the impeachment process. But there's so much out there. So anyway, to, to make a long story short, they plan on subpoenaing Hunter Biden at some point soon. We've got a president that acts like a mobster. And one thing I want to know, and I'm sure that the oversight committee is looking at this, if these were all loan repayments, if the $200,000 and this $40,000 check were loan repayments, let's see the loan documents. Let's see the terms. Let's see how Joe Biden got this $240,000 to loan out to uh, his brother, Jim. Let's see that. And I think this is on Joe's mind because I want to take us to a clip. And Joe is feeble-minded. And this clip, he's talking about his policies have reduced uh, certain bank fees. And then, then he starts making these bizarre comments about, well, it's going to be hard to find bank records from years ago. So to me, these so-called loan repayments from James, this affects Joe. In his feeble mind, this whole thing is starting to resonate that, hey, they're catching up to me in a serious way. So let's go to the clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. And credit unions from charging fees for basic service, like checking your account balance. I love that one. 
You know, I got so damn mad when I found, anyway. <laughs> Retrieving old bank records, that's really hard to do, man. Or looking up your balance for your loan, on your loan. That's a killer, man. That <laughs> costs so much money for those banks. I guess it was several months ago that Biden was asked about this uh, corruption. And his answer was, well, where's the money? And the insinuation is, is that you haven't found the money yet. Well, now they're finding the money. And this is pinging around Joe's skull. And because he's so feeble-minded, he's just, he, I think he just blurted this out because he's trying to form a defense for the public. And he just doesn't have the capacity to do, to do it right now. He's just blurting old bank statements. Is that what he's hoping? Is he hoping that Comer doesn't find old bank statements to show that, hey, this really wasn't a loan? These are just kickbacks to Joe. But we'll see on this. And while I'm talking about Joe, how about those 80,000 pages of emails that were found under his phony email account? 80,000 pages of emails that they found that Joe Biden used under a phony email account. And if you use a phony email account that many times, you got to be trying to hide something. So what's been reported is that these emails are being reviewed and I'm sure they'll be made available for the public soon. So we shall see. And I want to go to a clip with Chris Ray, our fabulous FBI director. Remember, he doesn't answer to you and me. He's come out and said it. He has answers to Washington. And I'm going to play a clip of him at a hearing this week. And this is a CYA statement he makes. Now Hamas is a danger. We got to be worried about Hamas. Now here's a guy that led an organization that's gone after Christians, people protesting abortion clinics. Parents that wanted to show up at the Board of Ed meeting in order to protect their kids. This is who the FBI targeted. Christian nationalists, watch out for them. This is where the FBI spent their time. White supremacists, we'll take care of them. This is what the FBI's been focused on under Chris Ray. And at the same time, we've had an open border. And the FBI doesn't realize an open border opens your country. To terrorism and now he comes out with the following statement just to cover his behind oh we're on top of it so let's go to this clip and then we'll discuss the reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023 but the ongoing war in the middle east has raised the threat of an attack against americans in the united states to a whole nother level since the horrific terrorist attacks committed by Hamas against innocent people in Israel a few weeks ago, we've been working around the clock to support our partners there and to protect Americans here at home. And I want to take us to another clip, and this is um, Senator Rick Scott is asking Ray a couple of questions about, well, how secure are we? And I find Ray's answers disturbing to say the least. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. 
So the Office of Intelligence and Analysis at the Department of Homeland Security issued a report last month warning that foreign terrorist organizations are looking to capitalize on the ability to easily enter the United States at our southern border. So, Director Ray, is the FBI able to track all threats and prevent these individuals from conducting an attack on U.S. soil? I couldn't say that we were able to detect all individuals. Um, the, the people that we know about, as Secretary Rumsfeld uh, used to say, the known known, we're quite good at together with our partners. But it is the unknown unknown uh, that I worry about quite a bit. So, Director Ray, can you say that we do not have either individual foreign terrorists or terror cells affiliated with foreign groups currently operating in the United States? Well, we're not, we're not tracking that, but uh, again, I come point back to what it is, the gaps in our intelligence are real, um, and it's something that we have concerns about. Well, the reason you have gaps in intelligence, and the reason that you can't answer Rick Scott with 100% confidence that we'll all be safe, is because you've been targeting the enemies of Washington. The FBI has been spending their time targeting the enemies of Washington at the expense of our southern border. Oh, let's not look at us. Let's, let's not spend all our time on Hamas. Let's look at those parents at the Board of Education meeting. Ah, oh, Hezbollah? Okay, we'll look at them for a couple of minutes, but we got to spend our time on Christians. Now... The leader of Hezbollah made a speech. Now, Hezbollah is the terrorist group that is based out of Lebanon on the northern Israeli border. And he's come out and he's blaming the United States. Remember, we're the great Satan. Israel's the little Satan. And there's already been reports that Hezbollah is already working with drug cartels in Mexico, helping bring people into the country, training the cartels. But the FBI is more interested in getting those J6ers. Got to put grandmas in jail because that's what my masters want. So we've got Jewish people being accosted on college campuses throughout the country. We've got student unions coming out shamelessly in support of Hamas, as well as professors and medical doctors supporting Hamas. We've got Cornell University being shut down today because of the death threat to Jews that live on campus. We've got various anti-Jewish protests at various locations throughout the country. And these are just not protests. These are outright anti-Semitic protests. These are people, these are shameless people that do not want the existence of of Israel. And what does the Biden administration do? And this is from the AP. The White House is working on a strategy to combat Islamophobia. It says here, President Joe Biden's administration is developing a national strategy to combat Islamophobia as the White House faces skepticism from many Muslim Americans for its staunch support of Israel. Plans for the initiative, which the White House built as the first of its kind, were announced Wednesday. It is meant to bring together lawmakers, advocacy groups, and other community leaders with the administration in order to counter the scourge of Islamophobia and hate in all forms. Is this tone deaf? 
Or is this a political calculation by the Biden administration? Quite frankly, if there were cases of Islamophobia, we'd be seeing it on TV. We'd be seeing it in social media. But I haven't seen any. I mean, there was this one crazy person, this drunk crazy person that killed a, a Muslim woman. And again, it's terrible, but the guy is crazy. And all I see is anti-Jewish protests. I don't see anti-Muslim protests. This is how out of touch this administration is. But what do you expect from an incompetent administration? A tone-deaf administration. So we shall see. I want to talk about a really important court decision that came down over the past week. And it had to do with the uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut mayoral primary where a judge came in and overturned the primary results. And let me read here from the Gateway Pundit. And it says here, Superior Court Judge William Clark ordered a new election to be held, citing bombshell video evidence of election fraud as the basis of his decision. The ruling has far-reaching implications, not just for Bridgeport, but for the entire country as it sets a precedent for ongoing and future cases involving mail-in ballot fraud. And the judge goes on to say, The volume of ballots so mishandled is such that it calls the results of the primary election into serious doubt and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate results of the primary, Clark said, adding that the videos are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all parties. Now, you got to see the video. This video comes straight out of Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mule movie. You've got a woman here on video stuffing the ballot boxes. And apparently this was an, a, a, a town employee that was also supporting the incumbent mayor and she's on video just stuffing these ballot boxes. And I guess during the, the court proceeding, it, was also, it also came out that no rules were followed as far as verifying signatures, making sure signatures were in the right place. And the judge just had enough. But here, here's the key thing to take away from this. Now, one thing we have to understand, it was Democrat on Democrat. It was a Democratic primary. Now, who knows what this judge would have done? It was a Republican versus a Democrat in the general election. We don't know. But what we do know is that there's a new precedent set for overturning elections. Now, what this judge determined is that the entire election process was flawed. Therefore, it was overturned. He looked at the rules not being followed regarding signatures. He looked at the video of this woman that worked in the clerk's office stuffing ballots. And he said, no, we're going to do it again. The process is floored. Now, up until this point, it's always been very difficult to prove fraud. Now, say, for example, you had one candidate. He won by 8,000 votes. But the losing candidate thought that there was fraud committed. So what the courts and what the FBI would always like to see, he goes, well, we have to see 8,001 affidavits from people who said that their vote was changed. And that's really hard to do. 
But again, what this judge has come in and said that, well, wait a second, we don't need to prove that anymore. If the process is flawed, we're doing it over again. That's what's important here. So we shall say, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.